Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Flurry Sports Podcast. This is Zach Bruner with Jake Osman. The two comedians talk about Week 10 in the NFL, crown a new NBA champion, and talk about other kinds of nonsense. But first, Bing Crosby. Just when romance got a start, you decided it was time to part. How could you? How could you? It was on a night like this. You left me, didn't leave me a kiss. How could you? How could you? You know that love is just like apple pie. It's either sweet or tart. You could be the apple of mine. You, you, you looked at the apple pie. I was looking forward to all the little things you didn't do. How could you, could you, could you break my heart? That was something. What the hell, Zach? <laughs> what? What do you mean? I do. Listen, I actually like that intro a lot, mostly because Big Bing Crosby guy. Okay. Well, I-, I figured. I thought we'd spice it up. You know, uh, this week uh, we saw a Detroit Lions kicker that looked straight out of a different era. And I thought we should take it back a few more eras, the 30s to be exact. I think we need to spice it up. I don't think we have the same type of radio yeah. shows as we used to. And, uh, after weird praise for my NBA segment last week, I thought I should take more liberties with the show. That's true. And I don't. I think this is a swing and a miss. By the I way, shout out to Bing's kid for being a good kicker for the Packers. Yeah. No, not a lot of people know that, but related. Definitely, clearly, I, I, I think, yeah, absolutely, dude. As long as we're on this, no, let's commit to off the rails because I need to talk yeah. about this. Let me sh- make sure. I think it's Tyler. Yeah, it's Tyler. There's a president, Zachary Tyler, whose grandkid Taylor. is still alive. Zachary Taylor. Um. Yeah, that guy, John Tyler, John Tyler, S- Stephen Tyler. Focus, focus, man. He was. Uh, I'm looking is it that up. The, is that the, like a nephew you said, or who? Grandkid. Is it Steven Tyler though? It's asshole. Uh, no, he's not president yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to him. In <laughs> what is it? What Tyler. is the tangent? Is there a is there a payoff? Yes. Here's the payoff. <laughs> well, I was hoping you could help me out by confirming the president, but you you're not helping me out. John Tyler. Okay, he was president. His grandkid, he was president in uh, 1783. Or he was born in 1783. Apologies. Okay. So this is what blows my mind. This guy's born in 1783. His kid now, is, grandkid, 96. So the secret to all of this, it's wild. I saw something on PBS about it. John Tyler had a kid when he was like in his 70s with his second wife. His son also had a kid in his 70s with his second wife, which is how, what led us to here. So I just want – just imagine there's a guy walking around out there whose grandpa knew Ben Franklin. 
that I don't, is that good? I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know how to feel about that. Actually. Humans have gone too far, right? Like that, that's what that tells me. But that's like, that's the thing, man. Like imagine you're talking to someone, like if we were talking to someone about our grandpa, it'd be like, yeah, he was born in the thirties. What a weird time. He was a farmer. And then that dude would be like, uh, one time him and John Adams were just bumming around. And they, like, that's weird. Too much. Yeah. Was there wives similar ages or did they knock up like a bunch of 20 year super <laughs> young both of them they're super young scum, those scumbags right is that what we're going with or were they like gold diggers or zach braff <laughs> don't i'm not gonna call zach braff a douchebag so don't. that's what i'm saying that maybe they were nice guys who just found the one you know i guess this is a weird way to start the show. So this is the fastest. I've, I've got a good time. Jake. <laughs> yeah, I've got a good time. Just when you were feeling young, Zach, you realized that Keenan Thompson is in his 19th season of SNL. <laughs> Just when sports was getting boring, it's time for the Flurry Sports Podcast. The only guy older than Bing Crosby might be Keenan Thompson's SNL career. I got to be honest. I feel like it's been longer than 19 years. Like that's. <laughs> I, <laughs> And he's just like been there the whole time. I watched SNL for the first time in forever this weekend because someone wanted me to watch the Taylor Swift performance. And I was just like, Keenan, still doing the same bits. That's what I'm talking he, about, dude. He does the exact same things. He'll do a couple funny voices. He'll give that look to the camera. And that's it. <laughs> he checks out and goes home. I, what I love is he's like until recently – now I think he's kind of the star of the show because at some point we all realized he was still there. Yeah. But like forever, he was just like supplemental cast. Why did he get to be the one that just hung around? I think because he did movies like Fat Albert and realized, <laughs> hey, I have a steady job here. Let's not leave. Let's keep Where it up. Everybody else took chances. You know? That's true. Stick with what works. Speaking of what works, Zach, let's talk sports, man. Let's do it. And you already brought up uh, Bing Crosby's grandson or nephew, <laughs> Mason Crosby. Let's start there uh, because it was a weird NFL week and Mason Crosby missed another kick. And there's like legitimate talk. We're both Packer fans. So there's been legitimate talk on the internet about moving on from Mason Crosby. Mm -hmm. And Last week, the kicks weren't on him. It was on the long snapper on the holder for sure. Like, that's not even debatable. This week, it looked like a good hold and a good snap. So now there's, like, legitimate questions. Obviously, Mason Crosby has been here a long time. He's been through a lot of ups and downs. He's seemingly always bounced back. But, Jake, how would you feel as a Packer fan, as a Bing Crosby fan, uh, how would you feel about the Packers moving on from Mason Crosby? I would feel conflicted, you know, like I, <laughs> uh, the real answer is what I hope they do is what they did when he had his horror year back in like 2013. He had another year where he just had two games where he just like missed everything and they brought in a guy to challenge him. That's what I expect to do. So if they go that route and he gets like beat out, like I'll be sad. Like I hope they just make him special teams coach. Come on. We need a good one. Maybe he's got a knack for it. Maybe. Um, and I like the way you think. I think that would be good. Now, 
this is what I was saying. If no matter what happens, whether it's justified or not, whenever Mason Crosby doesn't come back, people are going to be sad, myself included. I ask you this, though. What if the replacement, and this is going to be niche, but what if the replacement was Rafael Gaglianone, former Wisconsin Badgers <laughs> kicker? How would you feel? Because I think I'd be happy. And if you don't know who that is, just imagine the guy who works at Jimmy John's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know the guy. Uh, <laughs> I would love it. I would love if the meatball man came back into my life. Because, oh, man, more kickers should have beer guts, dude. Yeah. Like, even Matt Prater, like, he's in pretty good shape other than he has a beer gut. Like, th- I think that's the secret. There's something weird about Justin Tucker, and I don't know what it is yet. Um, that's why I'm, I'm keeping my eye on him. But, like, the, the Lions kicker today absolutely had a beer gut. And he's probably closer to Rafael Gaglianone than, than not. He's also former Minnesota kicker. So maybe we can get a, a old Big Ten kicking crew back together in the <laughs> NFC North. I, I think that's the story everyone's clamoring for this year in a year of a lot of NFL drama, a lot of sports drama. Um, in a year where the Suns' racist owner isn't racist enough. Like, there's a lot going on, and I think that's a feel-good story we could all get behind. Uh, it is good. I think, man, the Suns thing totally took off my train of thought. I got to get back because I had a point, and then I lost it with that joke. I think, uh, here's the thing. with, with Oh, I, I figured it out. You were trying to put the finger on uh, Justin Tucker. I know exactly what's weird about him. Okay. What is it? I can't tell what age he is. <laughs> when I look at yes. him, he's a 17-year-old who used Just for Men gray on the sides. He's both. <laughs> like, I look at him and I just get confused. Like, I'm looking at, like, when someone's half in, half out of a time machine. I think that's the same way I thought about Mason Crosby, what feels like 20 years ago. Now there's yeah. no confusion. Mason Crosby is uh, going on his 80th year in the NFL. He's been, he's the greatest man on staff. But uh, I think that's a good point. That's a really good point. He looks like one of the annoying, Justin Tucker, looks like one of the annoying high school cross-country kids that like talks about whatever. I don't even know. I, I just hate cross-country kids. I don't, I don't even, I think it's just the way they look. And that's the way Justin Tucker looks. So I think that's a good point. Put it on the poll, Zach. Does talking to cross-country kids make you feel winded? Because it always did for me. Like, just talking to them, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, I need to eat a donut. Lay down. <laughs> yeah. Break a sweat when they talk about their running. <laughs> just reminds me of running. Hoofta. <laughs> I agree. Um, Jake, you talked about before the show. You didn't get to see a ton about what happened today in the NFL, and it was arguably the most boring NFL Sunday, I would say. Uh, There was a lot of bad football and a lot of blowouts. A lot of teams were upset last week, and those teams, for the most part, bounced back in a boring, uh, typical, predictable way. So what I mean about that, Cowboys lost last week to the Broncos, got blown out. They beat the Falcons 43-3. to Matt Ryan looked like the same person he did last year. Uh, he is no longer looking good. Uh, we had a Josh Rosen sighting in this game, Jake. Uh, wow. He came in. 
He replaced Matt Ryan, which tells you a lot. His very first pass was picked off. I'm like, ah, there we go. Josh Rosen still got it. He still has his <laughs> fastball. He is the same dude. <laughs> he still has the fastball. Can I tell you what was most sad to me today? Sure. Because as much as we make fun on the show, I really like seeing the young guys prosper. I want to see the up-and-comers find their niche, make it. As much as fun as it is to make fun of the Jets quarterback scenario, I hope everyone involved makes it out okay, which is why it's sad to say, Zach, I think Colt McCoy might be done. I just don't think he has it in him. I He may have blown his one and only opportunity today. Finally, his big breakthrough. I don't know. I think he just needs a chain of scenery. Like, I think he just, he just needs to move on, you know? He needs more time. Yeah. <laughs> Give the guy an offensive coordinator and let him work. He hasn't gotten any snaps in practice, by the way. It's been Kyler Murray taking pretty much everything all season long, if you can believe it. So, yeah, I think, yeah, let him Some go. quarterback competition this is. What are they doing over there? Give the guy a chance. Yeah, they just gave the starting job to Kyler Murray as if he's earned it. I don't know. Look at their total wins for their career. Pretty sure Colt McCoy. Uh. <laughs> I, I, he might not have more. I think it's close. You know, it's worth it's worth the competition, at least. I still think they moved on from him too fast in Cleveland. <laughs> that's that's a legitimate argument. Yes. Come I think back. They, Baker Mayfield's hurt again. He's, I don't know. Cleveland's bad, Jake. Who knew? Crazy. Could you believe it? Let's play this game, Zach. I want to go around the league and you tell me if people are busts or not. Players or teams? Who knows? I might ask about mascots halfway through. I was thinking players, but everything's on the table. Okay. And consider this your overreaction Monday because I'm going to tell you my gut feeling right now, and it will be written in stone. However, right. it is subject to change. All right. We're going to call the segment Buster Trust because I'm in a sports media guy and we got to rhyme. Uh, so let's go. Do a job with NFL Network. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Call me anytime. Uh, here we go. Buster Trust, Lamar Jackson. Ooh, I'm going to go with Trust. I think I've come around on Lamar Jackson. I saw him yelling at his teammates, terrible leader. I'm bought into him. I think he's got it. <laughs> Buster trust Tua. Bust. Fuck that dude. Fuck Tua. I was, okay, this is real. I was on board. I'm like, Tua, like people are moving on from Tua too fast. Did you watch that Thursday night game at all? Yeah. Did you see his interview after the game? No. So you saw the big guy get the ball, panic, yes. do that reach for the touchdown. After the game, they asked Tua about it. Tua was looking like a generic bargain bin version of Russell Wilson, <laughs> answering questions like that. But then they asked him about that guy, and he said he was trying to be an athlete. Okay, fuck off. Like, if you, <laughs> if you got hit that hard, you would still be laying there. So I am out on Tua. He's a bust. He's the screw Tua. He's done to me. He's dead to me. I'd like that you waited to his most heroic performance to get out on him. Hey, I was waiting around. Never know. Never know what the kid could do. He's a lefty. You can't trust him. You got to see. Buster Trust, the Dolphins coach. <laughs> I don't know. This is this is legitimate. I'll trust him. Why not? I, I think Belichick, former Belichick coaches have a track record that they could be trustworthy. 
So I'll go with it. Stick around. Buster Trust, another dolphin, because it's what the people want. Mike Giusecki. (laughs) Bust? I don't know. He's the best player. No, that was a trap. Yeah, Trust. No, not enough people talk about Mike Giusecki, so I felt like I'd give him some airtime. You don't even say his name right. It's Giusecki. Hard G. I would know that if they talked about him, wouldn't they? Fair enough. He is on the field helping his teammates line up. Not even the coach. Not even the quarterback. He's getting the wide receivers lined up. It's the most pitiful display of football I've ever seen in my Gotta opinion. like Mike Jessicke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Buster Trust. Taysom Hill. <laughs> Bust. This dude, he's the worst. Talk to me about the Saints game. Um, I didn't watch much of it, but I do want to relate this game to another game. Um, we can get back to Buster Trust in a second, just because I need to go on this interesting comparison. So the Saints, obviously, for the past three years, maybe, have been running that two-quarterback system. Uh, Drew Brees and Taysom Hill, then it turns to Jameis, then it turns to Trevor Simeon for some reason. And everyone's like, if you got two quarterbacks, you get zero quarterbacks. What are you doing? This is stupid. Taysom Hill sucks. <laughs> Today, the Carolina Panthers, they signed Cam Newton this week. <laughs> they started him. Cam Newton ran and threw for a touchdown. And everybody, everybody, multiple like uh, networks and stuff like that said, I think the Panthers have something with this two-quarterback system. <sighs> and either... Well, this is what I believe. I think everyone hates Sam Darnold so much that they just (laughs) want to see something happen down there. And I think that's the reason. But it's also like, you can't have the mobile quarterback be a white guy from BYU. Like, what are you doing? Right? It's hard to get behind. Also, when you compare him to Steve Young, it's like... (laughs) I I also think they just want to see Cam on the field. I'm not sure if you saw the highlight when he ran for the touchdown. He like he yeah. looked into the camera and was I'm back. I'm like, I don't like Cam Newton, but that was cool. Like that was a that, sick moment. Next week he's going to be terrible, but soak it up this week because it was cool. He, he did like the one thing that could turn him face, which is go home, which was it, so interesting. Unbelievable! It's the story the NFL needed. To be completely <laughs> honest, which brings me to my next Buster Trust act, Sam Darnold. When are they going to give the guy a chance? I don't know. I think I think maybe <laughs> him and Colt McCoy could swap places and see what happens. Um, bust. However, uh, you know what? Maybe you take the Cam Newton treatment. The Jets don't have a quarterback. Maybe he should go home. Oh, my God. Go home. <laughs> I, I want a big video montage with Diddy Dirty Money's I'm Coming Home. And it's just Sam Darnold at his prep conference saying he's got mono. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing ghosts. I got motto. Play all the hits. <laughs> all the hits. Let's get back to this act because I do have a couple more from the Saints-Titans game that I want to talk about. Buster Trust, Trevor Simeon. Is it his time to shine? <laughs> I'm going to go with Bust. However, I don't think it's his fault. No. I, I, I just don't. Th- I've never looked at a quarterback in a game where I felt bad about it. But he's also, like, everyone knows he's not good. Like, it just feels unfair to throw him out there starting in the NFL. 
Like he's not yeah. great. He's not terrible. He's just not good enough to do anything. And I don't know. Sean Payton's going to compare him to another NFL great pretty soon. He's going to have Steve Young and he'll probably compare him to Warren Moon for some reason. So I'll have Steve Young and Warren Moon in the backfield and it's just a I'm, I'm thinking I'm feeling some Fran Tarkenton vibes. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe little Rain Randall Cunningham maybe. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. So we'll do Pepper. I've got three more from this game. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I'm glad you locked on to this game. This is a great one to lock on to. We'll we'll fly through this, okay? Uh yeah. uh Ryan Tannehill, Buster Trust. Trust, why not? I don't know. He did fine. Why is he even good? I don't know. And he did it without Julio Jones and AJ Brown, I think is still sick from Chipotle from over a month ago. <laughs> Chipotle will do that to you. That's fair. Yeah, I think that is fair. Speaking of seeing ghosts, I, I think people get haunted by Chipotle. It's, it's unbelievable. Buster yeah. Trust. Buster Trust Saints. Are they for real? <laughs> I have no clue. This team and the Vikings. Tell me what they are, because I have no idea. Like, if you bet on either of them to win or lose any game, you're wrong, because they're going to do the opposite every time. I have no idea if the Saints are good. I think their defense is fine. I have no idea about their offense. I was reminded today that there's an extra wild card spot, and I was like, oh, my God, are the Saints a playoff team? I think technically the Saints are in the playoffs. (laughs) And on that note... Speaking of technically in the playoffs, Buster trusts the Titans. I <laughs> I think they're the number one team in the AFC, and I think bust. I, they have no shot. They're they have overtime every game. Who's they? They have getting smoked by the Colts in the first round, written all over them. Right, hundred percent, one hundred percent. They're gonna yeah, they're gonna have Derrick Henry back somehow. And then they're going to give to him 30 times. He's going to start slow. Then he's going to get fast. And then Carson Wentz is going to mess around and accidentally throw a touchdown. Like, that's the kind of shit that happens here. And by the way, I've never seen someone fall further from grace. Everyone talked about how Derrick Henry is the most important player to their team. All the Titans have done is win without him. So congratulations, Derrick Henry. No longer in the MVP conversation because he's done enough. Doesn't that suck? He could have won it if they were terrible without him. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Buster Trust. Any Jets quarterback. Insert name here. Do you trust any of them? Because Mike White, the savior of Jets fans everywhere, threw four pickaroos today. Not just that. He did it after – I have the exact quote here because I wanted to talk about this. Earlier in the week, Jake, uh, they were talking to Mike White. And he said, I have 100% confidence in myself. So if you ask me, I should have been the first overall pick, but that's neither here nor there. That was the same draft that Baker Mayfield was in, Sam Darnold, all of that. Uh, so, like, and of course he goes out and does that. Um, I trust Joe Flacco. I was going to say, I, they finally found their young gun today. Three for three with the tutty. Let's go. Hey, elite. He deserves it. We need to talk. Joe Flacco's going to get a bury the lead one of these days. We need to talk about Joe Flacco's career. I don't even know how to sum it up. Was anybody ever convinced he was good? 
Colin Cowherd sure. for one offseason thought he was the best quarterback in the NFL. He was a good on the day he signed his extension. Like that's the only time anyone ever was truly like convinced like this guy could be it. He was, I will say, the definition of like he forced the Ravens to pay him. Like they yeah. were convinced they weren't going to do it. And he went on a playoff run and they were like, we'd have to. He's good in the playoffs. He just needs to get back there. Let him cook. Let's do this. This game has taken on a life of its own, which is fine. Buster Trust, Joe Flacco's Hall of Fame hopes. <laughs> um, and in this case, the- you tell me it's a bust if he's getting a bust. And you tell me if it's trust, <laughs> yeah. if you trust that he won't make the Hall of Fame. I will say I trust that he will get a bust, if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, that, that answers it in the most confusing way possible, which is perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the best segment I've ever done. Okay. Yeah. This Can you tell we planned this weeks in the making? Yeah. As I just look at a game and you think of as many as I can. You think he's going to make the Hall of Fame? No. Not a shot. Um, he has just as good of a chance as Rex Grossman, as uh, Trent Dilfer, uh, you know, I mean. One ring, guys? Yeah. Like, he's he's had maybe more success than Trent Dilfer, even though they're pretty comparable in terms of their careers, I would say. But, like, what's a good team? Go to Cleveland. Like, the Cleveland. Has a shot to make the playoffs. Just get him in the dance. Let Joe dance. Like he he's gonna be fine once he gets there. I have full trust in him in the playoffs. All right, and now with all the confidence in the world, I know exactly what you're gonna say. But the floor is yours. Buster trust. Jared Goff. <laughs> it's so sad, dude. He is. Dan Campbell doesn't deserve this goon. Uh, bust. Get rid of him. Eat $40 million if it means he's (laughs) no longer on the team. He is so bad. New rule. I have a new rule. Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) This is the dumbest thing I've ever thought of. You should be able to let a guy walk without paying it if you can actually eat the amount of money you owe them. If Dan Campbell sits down and eats $40 million in a televised interview segment, they should be able to let him go without paying him any money. I think he would. Dan Campbell will push <laughs> through the pain. Uh, he will dunk every... Uh, he, he, he'll he do it in like $10 increments, too. He'll dunk it in his coffee, swallow it whole. I, I feel I feel confident. I, I trust Dan Campbell to get rid of the bus, Jared Goff. How about that? You just called him Joe Goff. Got Flacco on the brain. What can you do? <laughs> Don't we all? Um, <laughs> uh, trust or bust, the Lions are going to tie every game the rest of the season. Let's go. They have a legitimate shot, Jake, to go 0-8-9. <laughs> they, like, they may never win or lose again. Could you believe that? Like They have this doubt. They this are, is the best possible story in the NFL. Give us ties every week. We'll be rooting for ties. When they finally win or lose, the crowd will come unglued. Yeah. <laughs> I want the big story to be 
that they snapped their tie streak. Like they just want a result. Right now they're in limbo. As Dan Campbell said after the game, he feels like he's in the twilight zone, which I believe has more of a product of living in Detroit for so long. But <laughs> like he has no like give uh I'm so excited for Dan Campbell. And I've never been so happy for a game to end in a tie because he deserves it. He deserved that tie. But let's let's talk about this game really quick, Jake. You and I both love Ted Lasso. Correct. Right? We have both made Ted Lasso comparisons to Dan Campbell. And that went a step further this week. The Detroit, uh, the Detroit Lions defensive coordinator during their bye week literally took game film from their last game. It must have been memory cards. I don't know. But literally took game film and buried it in the ground with his team there, a la burning things to get rid of the curse in Ted Lasso. They literally buried game tape, and they went out there today and put up a pretty good performance defensively. And I'm assuming they have the believe sign taped up there in the locker room. Dan Campbell's rallying the troops. This team has as much grit as any team Ted Lasso would ever coach. And at the end of the game, Steelers had no business losing that game. They fumbled in the red zone uh, to tie, I guess you could say, because um, that is what happened. Dan Campbell was willing to jump on that fumble. Like he was right there. He almost jumped on the football. He screamed the ball. He was about to jump on it. Dan Campbell is ready to go. He is an absolute animal. And they're probably running Oklahoma drills on the plane right now, just getting ready for next week. And I feel bad about whoever they have to play next week. Because quite honestly, the Lions are coming for their for that their ass, man. They're coming for that tie. And they play the Browns next week. The Browns, who have an injured <laughs> Baker Mayfield, they are a broken franchise. They have absolutely nothing on a loose streak they have never seen. And Dan Campbell's going to come to tie, right? P- put it on the poll. Would you be scared or flattered if Dan Campbell was coming for your ass? <laughs> as long as it's not the kneecaps, Jake. He's just coming for everything. He's he's a feisty guy. Uh, what a weird game. Buster trust the Steelers playoff hopes. Trust. They're fine. Yeah, me I too. Th- that's a weird team that I feel like they, they are going to beat the Titans. Yeah. Well, think about this, though. And as stupid as we are, and as not seriously as we take the show – as you can see by how this has started. <laughs> Bust or um, trust. Bust or trust. A month ago, we looked at two teams last place in their divisions, and we're like, yeah, Steelers, Chiefs are going to win their divisions. And I still yeah, that's wholeheartedly believe that. Like, the Steelers are going to win that division. Of course they are. Barring TJ Watt being out for the year or whatever that injury was today. Yeah. But Chiefs are back. Steelers are fine. Ben suddenly looks like a good quarterback because Mason Rudolph is that bad. Like now Ben has full support of the community, which is a dangerous Ben. Like they're good. True. Ben with no societal <laughs> negativity is Ben at his most dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Here's the game I'm most excited about to talk about. Buster okay. Trust, Carson Wentz. This is, there's been some tough ones. I refuse to give an answer for this one because there's no person ever who could say 
that they trust Carson Wentz to do <laughs> anything. Not even but Carson also, Wentz. He doesn't no, know what's going to happen next. He told his wife is it this week, if she goes into labor, he is not coming. He has to go to the game and he will come after the game to the hospital. That was his quote. <laughs> and they're inducing labor tomorrow so he doesn't miss next week's game. Like he's not a trustworthy guy, except for like he's going to be on the field, I guess. Uh, sprained ankles or not. But he's not a bust. Like he's good-ish. You know, he's just, he's like the Brooke Lopez of the NFL. He's always looking around. He's always messing around. Yeah. You know, I don't know. He didn't have a good game today and they like looked in control of that. Uh, but I think I know your answer to this one. But at this point, Buster trust uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think bust. I think he was overhyped. I don't think he's bad, but I think the Jaguars will ruin him as they have done to, I mean, quite honestly, a previous Hall of Fame quarterback that was also there. And uh, Blake Bortles is gone, but he will never be forgotten. Yeah. Can you just clip that for me so when he goes on a Hall of Fame run, we could go back and say, (laughs) bust Trevor Lawrence. I can't, I don't know how we've avoided this, but we set ourselves up for so many freezing cold takes and somehow (laughs) things work out. So that's right. That's right. Come at me, Iowa fans. When you win a game, you can come to my throne. But until then, you sit there in your mediocrity, you frickers. I'll (laughs) see you in hell. Have fun beating the Golden Gophers. Anyway. Sorry, we'll get to them later. We'll get to them later. Anyway, because oh c- here's here's what I really want to ask. Buster Trust, Jonathan Taylor's MVP chances. Um, Bust after this week. I think he is capable of winning the MVP. He ran for 100 yards in the first half, and I think he finished with like 102. Yeah. Like uh, – as, yeah. There's so many coaches that like do that where it's like this is working and then they stop doing it. There's no coach worse at that than Frank Reich. I don't understand yeah. it. Yeah, got to switch it up. That was what used to drive me nuts about McCarthy. Yeah, and Dallas is experiencing that now. And there's been a lot of Cowboys people like, ah, I get it. Ezekiel Elliott just ran for two touchdowns and then didn't get another touch for uh, two hours of real game time, it seems like. Let's talk about that one. Buster Trust, Josh Rosen. <laughs> I trust him. I just trust that he sucks. He's the worst. <laughs> he is the worst. Buster Trust, this is interesting. This is what I mean by this question. If you were a team and you needed a quarterback, would you take this guy? Matt Ryan, Buster Trust. I, man. Answer it this way. How many teams in the NFL right now get a call, you can have Matt Ryan for free. Who takes him? Nobody. Not one, Not even the Falcons. Are you kidding me? No one <laughs> wants Matt Ryan, and that's why Matt Ryan is playing so well. He, <laughs> he is playing with nothing to lose. He's pay, playing angry, and as soon as anybody, and I do truly mean anybody, one single person, has any trust in him, he loses 40 or what a 43 to three to the Cowboys. We talked about last week, like Matt Ryan is playing 
his best football of his career. And then today happened. Maybe we're to blame. I don't know. Buster Trust, Dak Prescott. On a real note, I think Trust. I think he's overpaid drastically, but I think he's good. Yeah, but he's overpaid in the sense that we've created a, a dynamic where every quarterback's going to get overpaid unless they're one of the top five, right? Everyone says that. I don't know if it's true. I don't me think... Me neither. I just, I just say things. See if people call <laughs> me out on it. Hey, you're talking to the person who does that for a career. It's real <laughs> microphone. And yeah. usually I don't get called out until it's this show. But... Yeah. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> I don't... Like, is there another team who legitimately would have paid Dak that much? Is there another team that would have legitimately gave Patrick Mahomes a half billion dollars? Like, is that – I don't think that's real. Not even the Patrick Mahomes Mahomes one? Maybe Mahomes. But I don't think there's anyone who would have given Dak 40-whatever million a year. Okay, I guess that's the question is – if a team finds a guy that they think is good enough to start for three more years, is that worth that amount of money, no matter who it is? Like if the Jets thought Zach Wilson was going to be their guy for three more years, is he worth that much? From everything I have seen with the way that teams have won, I think no. I think, yeah. like, I would like to do a deeper analysis. I think there's a dollar amount where the costs all of a sudden dip. And I think it's over $30 million, like, on average. Like, I think it's right around there where it's like they are too much of a deficit to the team in terms of the percentage of cap now. I think more teams have to look at doing what Indianapolis and, to a better extent, the Titans have done. You can Ryan Tannehill your way to success. Now – Teams will argue you can't Ryan Tannehill your way to playoff success. But yeah. I if you get in the playoffs, man, anything can happen. That's like my like, especially with someone like if if you know if Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor out there, if he has a crazy game, you're gonna win even if you're the worst team on the field, you know? So all honesty, this is all you need to win, and it's been proven time and time again for the past couple of decades. Um, but especially with the way the NFL's trended now the past two years, you need a good pass rush and not a blitz. Like you need a front four that can get pressured by themselves. You need an offensive line that can block and withstand that pressure. And then you need a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. If you have those three things, you have a Super Bowl chance. And the Buccaneers happen to have all three of those things to the highest extent last year. Uh you see teams like the Packers now. The Packers look like a true contender, but their offensive line isn't very good. Aaron Rodgers is amazing, but then now their pass rush is extremely banged up and injured. So, like, you look at a team, like, do you need to sign another quarter cornerback? No. Like, all you need are those three things, and you have a chance to win a Super Bowl, I legitimately think. I And like you said, that's been proven. Uh, yeah. I desperately want to get to – other things besides the NFL, just because I know what we have slated. So I've got three more here to wrap up this okay. this, this game. Buster Trust, Christian McCaffrey. Bust. The dude is injured perpetually. And the Panthers have zero care 
about easing him back into action ever. It's either 30 touch. We're going to see how many touches it takes for you to get injured. That's all it is. It's crazy to me. This isn't your year, man. I don't care how good the wombo combo of PJ Walker and Cam Newton is. Why are you rushing him back out? Like, this is the thing with running backs, like we just talked about. You need to line it up so their prime matches up when your team is good enough to succeed, and that is not mm-hmm. currently. Rest him, you know? Try and get the most out of him next year when you figure out what the hell's happening at quarterback. Right. Yeah, you have no shot, uh, especially a guy like that. It's not like he's an extreme talent but super fragile, even though I guess you could make that argument. Like, they're giving him a legit 30 touches per game over – a now 17-game season. It's like, that's insane. This shelf life's going to be so short. Yeah. By the way, I think the Panthers-Cardinals game this week wins the trophy for the game that tells us the least <laughs> about either team. Because there's a 34-10 game when it's P.J. Walker and Cam Newton versus Colt McCoy tell us anything about the Panthers or the Cardinals? Cardinals got out coached, Jake. What else do you need me to say? This loss falls solely on the shoulders of Cliff Kingsbury. We have shifted into, oh, my God, don't let Cliff Kingsbury win Coach of the Year territory, folks. We're back. No kidding. I don't know who it's going to be. At the end of the year, I kid you not, this is me as a cousin kind of savoring it, kind of warning you. You are going to have to swallow the pill that Mike McCarthy or Cliff Kingsbury's winning this damn thing. No, no. If the Rams go on a run and if their investments pay off, I think McVay is going to win it. That's not how these awards – the only way that happens if those other teams end up sucking. I agree with you that that should be what happens, but they will give it to teams who have succeeded more than they did last year. They give coach of the year to people who improve. And so if Cliff Kingsbury and Mike McCarthy improve those teams enough, I honestly – this is this is not just to get under your skin – I think if uh, the Cardinals win their division, Cliff Kingsbury wins coach of the year. Right, but the Rams are in that division. And if he doesn't win that division, like Mike McCarthy's for sure going to win his, and I think that gets him coach of the year if Cliff Kingsbury doesn't win it. I think there's a legitimate chance uh, McCarthy wins it. I think there's zero chance Kingsbury wins it. Whatever helps you sleep. They won't give it to a coach that didn't win their division. And I say that without looking at a list of the previous coaches that have won the award. So I don't know who won it last year. But let me look that up really quick. Let's let's just take a look at that, actually. Yeah, okay. Uh, coach of the year. I... While you do that, let me answer one of my own questions. Buster Trust, Perfect. Kirk Cousins. I don't effing know. Uh, I guess. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I asked myself a question I don't know the answer to. Uh, I would say Kirk Cousins is good enough so that I don't sound like a total hypocrite. I trust Kirk Cousins to be Kirk Cousins. He's like one of the most consistent quarterbacks in the NFL. Like you know what he's going to produce. He's not a game winner, but he will not, at this point anyway, lose many games for you. He'll keep you competitive. It's not every coach has won their division, but like last year was Stefanski eleven and five, Harbaugh fourteen and two, Nagy twelve and four, which is funny, uh, McVay eleven and five, Jason Garrett thirteen and three. Like the Cardinals, I don't think are gonna like. I think they're gonna have at least five losses. 
five, six yeah. losses. So it might I be McCarthy. That's that might be like the biggest jump. Yeah. They yeah. should give out worst coach of the year. I agree. We can do that. Why not? First Why not and one us? to ever win both categories. Here's yours, Matt Nagy. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought it was gonna be Kingsbury wins coach of the year from the NFL that I can <laughs> We we can do that one too. There's options. Uh, yeah. Let us know. Uh, message Zach if you want us to give our version of the Raspies, I guess, where we just give the worst of the NFL. And if you want, we could come up with a creative statistical way to measure it since the NBA awards went over so well. Like, There's a logical way to pick these awards, Jake. It's not like it needs to be a gut call, even though I think we can do that as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, anything you want to say about the Vikings-Chargers game? Do you, do you trust either of these teams? Not even a little bit. I think they both are what they are. I have no idea what the Vikings are. And I think the Chargers desperately are wishing Drew Brees was their quarterback. And that's it. <laughs> like they're trying to make Justin Herbert into Drew Brees, making sure Justin Herbert doesn't do the stuff he does well. And uh, they are what they are. They're not good, but they're not bad. That's the perfect example. That's a team. I don't think they realize, like, I don't get why they and the the Raiders have done it a little bit better. The Raiders have just, to put it lightly, had a lot of stuff going on. Um, a little bit. The Chargers aren't acting like we have to win now. And with the Chiefs playing the way they are, you have to win now, man. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Andy Reid keeps looking up at the diving board. He misses his old platform. Like the sun chairs are nice, but he's, you know, he, he misses the water, man. He's he's going to climb back up there pretty soon. You got to strike while the iron's hot. You, yeah. you got to pound the rock. You got to get back on the horse. You got to uh, just keep swimming. All the metaphors. You got to get back out there. Yeah, every cliche possible. Now you, you're doing, you should be an NFL coach, Jake. Like we we are doing some good sports talk here. Like that That's is all right. the talking. Oh, let's get out of sports talk, Zach. I hear you have a top five list, and I want to hear it so badly. Okay, Jake. So it snowed the other day. <laughs> yeah, correct. Uh, right now, the other day, I mean, yeah, it's snowing. It's cold. My hood is up. Everything is screaming, Jake. It is officially soup season. I made some soup. It was delicious. It warmed me up from the inside and out. My heart is now full of soup and joy. And with that, Jake, I have the top five, my top five at least, favorite soups. Are you ready for it? Yeah. And I I think this is the list that everyone's been waiting for and people need to know. And I have to say number five, Jake, is broccoli cheddar. Broccoli cheddar is fantastic. Like, I understand, like, maybe, like, potato and cheese or beer cheese soup is pretty good. But broccoli cheddar, cream of broccoli, whatever you want to call it, all that, it's a delight. It's a good, easy way to give vegetables with it still being extremely unhealthy for you. Put it in a <laughs> Put it in whatever you want. Like, that broccoli soup from Panera, like, the most basic white girl thing of all time. Delicious, Jake. What do you think of broccoli cheddar? I think a little bit that our high school ruined it for me because Elk Mound had some booty broccoli cheddar soups. But uh, I actually do think a good broccoli cheddar soup 
is like one of the most like warming soups that makes sense. Nothing makes you feel more warm than the nice like Brock Chad. Uh, Brock Chad is uh, is my favorite ska band. Um, <laughs> and the point of this list, though, Jake, too, we're talking about the soups at their peak, right? Like, I'm not going to say, like, what's the best median broccoli cheddar soup. So I, I think that's a good thing. Elk Mound broccoli cheddar, a lot of broccoli stems in it, a lot of yeah. water. Yeah. Not very good. But number four, Jake, and one that is a little heavier, may want to stay in. Maybe it's a snow day from school, but loaded potato soup. You got the potatoes. You got the cream. Lots, so much cream. You got cheese, you got bacon, you got onions, you got it all. That is the absolute, like, it's like comfort food. This is like joy, but also I'm not going to move for a while soup. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's the soup I trust the most. Like, I feel like there isn't a place that I would see a broccoli, pardon, that was last time, a loaded baked potato soup. I know what I'm getting, you know, I know what I'm signing up for. I don't think there's a lot of difference between the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in that category, but it's consistent. So Jake, trust or bust loaded potato soup. Trust. Mm, I like it. And that brings me to number three, Jake. Chili. That's cheating. What do you mean it's cheating? Is chili a soup? It's like a separate genre. It's like saying, what's your favorite type of jelly? And you said jam. Um, Jake, to me, chili is soup. And this is my list. You can give your list next week if you want. That's the point. But chili, of course. What, whatever you think of chili, that is my number three. And to me, you got a nice smoky chili. Got a lot of ground meat in there. Tomato-based. We're not going like white chili. We're talking legitimate chili. If you want to get Midwestern, throw some noodles in it. I don't give a shit. Maybe a little bit of beer, like chili, or with some with some cornbread. Jake, come on, come on, come on. Come number two, number two, pho. What's number what? one? I didn't know pho was an option, but we gotta rearrange this list. Pho is so good. It's fucking phenomenal. Pardon the pun, uh, double pun. How about that? But pho is absolutely amazing. It's one of those foods that you can order out or go to a place and it's even better because you can customize it. I love customization. I love making things for me. No uh, one more important to me than me. So I love pho for that reason. It is like when I'm sick, I want nothing but pho. Like it makes me feel so much better. It is unbelievable. And we live in a place where it's like a big mung hub. So there's some really good pho here. It's just amazing. I'm very happy about it. The one, I think the one downside of pho is once you have good pho, mm. kind of lessens. I don't get pho everywhere just because I was lucky enough to go to Thailand. And since then, I've become a snob. That's fair. There's a couple good places in Eau Claire. For sure. Like you said, there are some really good pho restaurants in Eau Claire and New York Mountain. There are some bad ones as well. But that, Jake, brings me to number one. And this is a soup that has never let me down. This is a soup that I have gone on record of saying it hits best at like a 2 a.m. It's just unbelievable late night. And that's cereal. 
I love cereal to the absolute <laughs> best. And there's so much. What? Huh? Yeah. What? You did this on purpose. You were hoping I would say something. What if I just silently agreed with you? Would that make you happy? No, screw you. Know. That would make you right. What's wrong with cereal? That's not the question. You know it. I don't want to debate with you if cereal's a soup right now. I was sitting over you. You had me excited to hear you talk about chicken dumpling. That was very close. I would say that was probably six or seven. For me, I like a nice butternut squash soup. However, I know that's not going to appease the masses. So I was a man of the people and put broccoli cheddar there. What can I say? Uh, I thought you were going to be. I was a man of the people who put cereal number one. No, that was logical. I started the list with that, Jake. I went from the top down. I put yeah, you would start with the bit. Screw you for putting two other genres of things in your list. You put chili and cereal in your top five. Are you saying chili's not soup? If I listed the top five quarterbacks and listed all the Mannings at number one, I would expect some hate, and you can you can put them in the same boat. I don't want to distinguish between them. They're a whole category. In the same sense, Jake, do you want me to put beef pho and then chicken pho and then all these other things, or is pho just fucking pho? Is Correct. that your issue? Can, can I elaborate something? You put three categories in your top five list. Thanks for pointing it out. It's the, same thing with, it's the same thing with broccoli cheddar. What kind of cheese, Jake? Oh, this one's a pepper jack. This one's a cheddar. Then What's it wouldn't be broccoli that? cheddar, would it? Dumbass. Anyway, I you've got me fired up now. Uh, I just want you just do this, and I'll be okay with it. What's the cereal? Name one cereal. That's your number one. I well, that's the best part about this number one being cereal. Uh, <laughs> this is so many. And there's so many good ones. And I like to mix it up. I have like six different cereals in my place right now because I like to mix it up. So just let me make sure I'm on the right track. God damn it, man. You're giving me anxiety. You you said, well, I'm picking it. And then I come at you with, no, it's a whole category. And you go on this thing of like, oh, come on. What about this and this? Then I say, pick one. And you go, no, what? that's the purpose of it being brought. You fricker. You've got me on the ropes. That's it. I'm going into my list. Play the damn music. We're doing my top five. Oh, yeah. All right, Zach. First of all, screw you. I'm doing a top six. <laughs> Second of all, oh, okay. we're doing the top six current heels and faces of college football. It's what the people have been demanding. It's what I've been obsessing over all weekend. So I got three bad guys, three good guys for you here. And I would like to start with number six, the third current best heel in college football. It's the Notre Dame fighting Irish sack. Okay. Why is that? It is because after losing to Cincinnati, they have started banging the drum that not only does Cincinnati deserve to be in the top four, but a loss to them means that they also should be in the top four. They're the only ones who believe in the Bearcats besides the Bearcats. And it's purposely to be like the team all year who's been like, if you just gave us a chance against Bama, we have their number. It's like, but those Bearcats, geez, don't know about them. And like, it has all the vibes of like the Cincinnati Bearcats are like, the kind, naive, like good guy fighting from the bottom. And <laughs> Notre Dame is like, yeah, you're, you're the big shot. Like they're the puppet master lurking in the shadows. Brian Kelly's like, just give us a chance. Uh, so 
That's why they're number three. Thoughts on Notre Dame and their desire to ride Cincinnati's coattails all the way into the playoffs. I think it's picture perfect and is the exact thing I would do, so I absolutely respect it. Wasn't a Notre Dame fan until they began doing this. Uh, to their point, Cincinnati's undefeated. Absolutely they should be in there. They're probably the best. They're the strongest. Uh, they're better than Alabama. Alabama has a loss. What, what can you say? And, you know, if you, you know, I, I, you could argue Cincinnati's the best team in the country, and then, you know, who's the second best? Probably the team that lost to them, right? So, yeah, absolutely. I, I get what they're doing. I, I'm picking up what they're putting down. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, absolute heel. All right. Number five on my list. list though. Yeah, that's right. Just out. Because number five, the top three face in the country's act. I almost went Bearcats here, but I think the Bearcats are a little in the tweener category because they're – please put us in even though we're barely beating Navy in Tulane, is a little heel-like. So I didn't know what to do there. So, Zach, this is totally a homer opinion, but allow me to explain myself. The number three face in the whole country with the Wisconsin Badgers. Okay. Wait, so Here's why. Not a lot of skill, just a lot of grit out there for the Mm -hmm. Badgers. I'm confused. (laughs) So you went from – you talk about my list was bad, which, excuse me, sir. You went Correct. from top five, top five heels, you started with six, and now you're yeah. on a face. Here's what I'm doing. I'm doing top three faces and top three heels, but they're combined in the top six list. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> two separate lists. Whatever. Why don't you enjoy your smorgasbord of cereals and shut the hell up while I talk about the badgers, okay? so You can customize the milk. It makes it even better. <laughs> Uh, proof positive. Zach, Zach Bruner eats all of his cereals in the same bowl, same time. Uh, okay. Number five. Here's, here's what I love about the Badgers. One, their running back is 17 years old, and his arms each look like they need their own legal guardians. <laughs> They're huge. He's massive. Uh, he just started this weekend, as we were talking about. His only weakness is stamina. <laughs> And his own massive weight. Every play, someone is like heaving him back to his feet as he just heavy breathes. No one can tackle him. The only thing that can stop him is his own lung capacity. To be fair, he's like the fifth stringer and everyone else got either dismissed or injured. Yeah, he makes Ron Dane look in shape at this point. I, I don't understand it. And also to be fair, like he wouldn't be playing at this point, like you said, but only because... He just needs to develop more. Like I said, he's 17. They have like a lot of – and he looks good. Like he – they have a lot of high hopes. He's just a little – this is one way to work him out, you know. This is one way to get him in game shape is play him in games. Uh, another reason why they should be faced, their defense crushes. I think like a crushing defense is a good sign for like a face team. Uh, biggest reason they're one of the top three faces in the country, Zach, they are set up to take down – the biggest heels in the country, man. Anyone line them up. Iowa, done. Minnesota, PJ Fleck, see you at the end of the year. All the pretenders line up one in a row, and we'll see you there. They have a chance to go against Ohio State. And uh-huh. in that game, they will be that's grit versus talent. And it's gonna be a great heel face showdown. 
I don't know if I'd bet on grit, but it always has a chance. So that's why I think uh, they deserve to be in there. Also, I think they deserve more credit for their recruiting strategy, just being finding very talented, very big families and getting all of the sons. The Chanels and the Watts are like 50% of their program at this point, and it's working like a charm. People uh, applauded Duke for doing that with the Plumleys. So I don't know why Wisconsin can't do that with Chanel's. They scoured. They found they found some guys in Backwoods, Grantsburg, and, you know, they were eating trees, and they just got them on their team. That's right. Said, do you have any brothers? Yes. And then pointed to the rest of the team. Uh, a photo of the Chanel's literally looks like, like they're waiting in a line. <laughs> to like get into the photo. There's so many of them. They showed it during the game. Uh, all right, Zach, keep up with the list. We're on to number four, which is our number two heel in the country. Okay. It is Georgia Bulldogs. Heel. Okay. What is it? Heel. And here's why. Because we know every good bad guy needs a good good guy. And – you know where I'm going with the, the good guy, so I'm not going to say it out loud. But for them to be the best good guy in the country, they need a foil. And the whole thing all year is everyone in the SEC thinks they're the best, but they never prove it. And the kings of that this year is Georgia. Georgia's screaming up and down. They don't get enough respect. They were losing to Tennessee 10-7 to and then won 44-10, which is hilarious. Way to go. What a second-half team. Uh, and that said, who have they beat? This year, they're screaming up and down. We're the best. You Prove it. You've got a game coming up that I'm very interested in. And only then can you tell me how good you are and how great you are. And here's the other thing. It just feels like they are really delivering the message of, like, no matter what happens, we deserve to be in the top four, which screams that they know what's coming in the SEC championship game. And they said, do not let the results fool you. We've already earned our spot. See, we beat Tennessee. Why would you look at this game? So that's heel behavior because they're trying to already stamp their spot in before they play the one game that we care about for them. What would you say would be the strength of their team, though? Defense. And what did you say about Wisconsin again? What's the Defense, defense is a great face trait. Here's here's the difference. Here's the difference. I can't point at like I can maybe point to two players on Wisconsin defense and be like, what a stud. It, like George's defense, I could put who's the worst defensive coordinator? You could put Norv Turner is in as defensive coordinator, and he's winning with the Georgia football defense. That's right. I picked a notable offensive coordinator and I put him in on defense. So there you go. Okay. The the point is. <laughs> that they've got a lot of studs. But here's here's the real point. Defense is good. I've seen Wisconsin's defense shut down good teams. I, Georgia's defense clobbers the, the volunteers for one half. And everyone's like, is this the greatest college defense we've ever seen? And it's like, Jesus Christ, what? who are we comparing it to? They played Florida, and the whole time the commentators were like, man, last year Florida was so good. That doesn't make any difference for this game do you know how college works I, I, so i that's why they're a heel and i understand that that makes me a hypocrite but the best heels are hypocrites so that's that's the world that the the bulldogs live in 
You have bought into Alabama so hard. We're getting there, Zach. We're getting there. Um, first off, they beat Auburn 44 to 10. Auburn's a very good team. Pretender. Um, <laughs> of course. And uh, to say that they shut down Tennessee for one half, they were so terrible for the other half. You just said they gave up 10 points in the first half. That's nothing. Too much. Of course. Next one on the list. It's the narrative, Zach. They have to be a heel because of who they're going against. I know. Oh, I trust me. I know, Jake. And even just here's the real thing. Here's why I think they're the heel. It really goes back to the fact that I think when we get to the end of the road, they're going to lose to Bama. And when they have one loss, they're going to beg the committee to not drag them out of the top four. And that's going to cost a face a spot in the playoff. Of course. And to your point, they already, you're correct that they know what's going to happen and they're already hedging their bets, trying to yeah. weasel their way in before it even happens. I think if you wanted to, you you know what, Zach? You make a compelling point. They have all the makings of a good guy, but they're still turning to the dark side, which is like why they're number two heel material. They could be our champions, but they've they've been burned too many times in the past. So they've, you know, they went to a low blow instead. So that low blow being, Please, please put us in the playoffs. Also, if you could not match us up against Bama again, that would be great. Um, <laughs> so that said, number two face in the whole country, Zach. We talked about it last week, but it needs to be talked about again. The Oregon Ducks are the second. <laughs> that's right. They're that's the right. second biggest face of the whole country. They might miss the damn playoffs to a team that they beat. It's unbelievable. I don't know why. Like math, like simple math. Like they beat this team and they're questioning it. And I heard it on Sports Talk all week this week. It kind of blew my mind. You were you were spot on last week. No one's no list one's includes them still. Them. Also, they didn't do themselves any favors this week. They beat Washington State in like somewhat of a shootout. Like it ended up not being that close, but like it was close for a while. And like people are going to look at that. This is my point, okay? People are going to look at that and go, Ugh, I don't know if they're good enough to make it in. And then are going to ignore the fact that they beat Ohio State in Columbus. They're going to like look at the maybes and they're like, but I mean, Washington State looked kind of good against them. It's like, but they beat <laughs> the other team. Uh, they're also a face because the Pac-12 doesn't get a lot of love. Mm -hmm. And they're just good. Like they did everything we asked them to. The Pac-12, not great. Go get some better competition. Show us what you could do. They do that and win. Then they lose to someone in the Pac-12, and we went, ah, your division sucks. <laughs> Too bad for you. Stanford's so bad <laughs> that you can't make the playoff, even though you beat what we consider to be the fourth best team in the country. Instead of an automatic bid, I think losing to Stanford is an automatic out. I kind of get their point. You know, in triple overtime, it wasn't like they got smoked. They got beat in college football's college overtime football. rules, which if it, if it was that in basketball, it would just be the tip off. That would be how <laughs> that's the equivalent of the NBA just doing tip offs to see who wins the game. Can't which, let Stanford hang around. Which, by the way, how how good would the Mavericks be at, at that if that was overtime rules in the NBA? Send out Boban, baby. I don't even know. When I hear face off, all I think of is you would be playing NHL and not winning a single fucking one, single face. <laughs> like, what's going on? Chell, Chell does teach you that. 
Well, Zach, it's it's that time. The number one heels in the country, in my humble opinion, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They've lost to Oregon and are somehow selling that beating the rest of the Big Ten, who, by the way, has cannibalized each other all year, is enough reason for them to get in over the team that they lost to by 14 points at home. And not only that, but they Houdini'd the situation. No one's, like, tossing it up, like, what do you mean? They can't get in over Oregon. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> that was a different team. Look at us now. Look how much we're beating Northwestern by. And they keep acting like, oh, it's such a down year for them, too. Like, I, I guess we're fourth best in our down year. Like, we're, we're just struggling this year. I mean, we'll get better. We're getting better. We were a different team when we faced Oregon, for sure. We're better than that now. This is the real reason why I think they have to be the number one heels in the country. They are causing the other Big Ten teams to get a bump in their ratings so that when Ohio State beats them, it like salvages the season. To the point, this I didn't think – last week I went off on the whole Ohio State-Oregon matchup. I didn't think this would happen, though. Michigan was ranked higher than Michigan State after losing to Michigan State because Ohio State still has to play Michigan. Uh-huh. It's insane. You're that's a hundred percent correct. That's why they were still that high. Yeah, they're going to be the number six team in the country. They're going to be right behind because now that Oklahoma lost, they are going to be right behind Oregon when Ohio State beat them. And you will hear people go, "Sure, they lost to Oregon, but they beat Michigan." So, what more proof do you need? By the time they play what I presume to be Wisconsin in the college football playoff, Wisconsin with three losses is going to be the number nine team in the country. Hundred percent, you are correct. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and they're gonna storm and scream. And meanwhile, Brian Kelly's gonna be going, "Why don't we put more respect on the Bearcats, Dave?" So Notre Dame can make it in. It's all playing in the Brian Kelly's head because he's gonna go, "Okay, Cincinnati beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin's at the Big Ten. Wisconsin beat everyone else who's not Ohio State. We have to be in above Oregon, who's above Ohio State, which means we're the best." They're also they're also thinking like sixty chess. They're also hyping up Tulane and Tulsa a little bit too. Like they're sne- Tulsa's sneaky good. Don't count them out. They're a tough out, dude. Real talk. It's always Tulsa tough. I love me some Golden Hurricanes. They're the real best team in Oklahoma. Yes, hundred percent. They're the team to beat. That's right. Uh, and number one, Zach. Number one on the field. Number one in our hearts. It's the Alabama Tide. We said at the beginning of the year that they were turning face, and it was absurd. I've never said this before, Zach. Them crushing this week by over 50 points against – I want to make sure I get this team name right. Uh, that's that's the biggest part. New Mexico State, which I, I was going to say New Mexico Tech. They beat New Mexico State by 56 points. Never has covering a spread – been more of a heroic feat than this week by the Crimson Tide. And this is what I'm saying. Any other year, I I might be brainwashed, which is fine. Any other year, I feel like the narrative would be like, oh, my God, Alabama is just crushing people again. They're the worst. This year, I'm like, dude, I'll buy a ticket to the gun show. Let's see Alabama just rock somebody. Put them in their place, Bama. Everyone's talking trash. And no one's putting respect on the name. They were like, you only beat LSU by six. Well, here's a 56 burger right to the eye. 
<laughs> Ask New Mexico State who the best team in the country is, baby. Put them in their place like New Mexico State did something to you? Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. What are, they, what are they, the Lobos? Fuck those Lobos. Whatever they are. I don't even know. They, they dare walk onto the field. It's the same great. I don't know, man. I'm just all in on, on the Crimson Tide. They've never lied. They just go out there and they say they're the best team on the damn planet. And it's true. It's damn true. They're Kurt Angle. <laughs> they're going out there and they're just crushing folks. They're winning a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. And they are deserving of our love. I Listen, New Mexico State is not their most heelish opponent. But it was say. a message. It was a message, okay, uh, to the rest of the playoffs. If they lose to Georgia, I'll cry a little bit. I need them in the playoffs. I need them to beat Cincinnati by 65 points. What will the NCAA do if they lose to Georgia? Like, I honestly – that they need to find a way to get Alabama in there. There will be so many people upset if Alabama is not in the playoffs. And I know people – on one hand, people are like, yeah, we – you know – Alabama wins every year. A lot of people are rooting against Alabama. Not this show, Jake. Not this show. But yeah. if Alabama is not one of the top four teams in the country, we know it's a sham. Like, they're – like, of course they are. It's not – are you going to put Cincinnati in over Alabama? Let, let's have them play one quarter of action and see how many touchdowns Alabama scores. I'd bet five touchdowns. I'd bet the over. Well, I think the real question, this is going to get so interesting because it's basically a five-team race now unless Brian Kelly pulls some wizardry and gets themselves in that contention. Because since Oklahoma lost, which, by the way, they would have been the number four heel in the country for sure, boomer sooner. Uh, I think it has to be the Tide and the Bulldogs are tied connected to each other, and so is Oregon and Ohio State. So there's a part of me that thinks if if Alabama beats Georgia, I think Cincinnati will miss the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think honestly, tragic. I think that's I think that's right. Fuck Cincinnati. I'm not sure if I went on the rant on on this show or a different show. They're not good. They're not one of the best four teams. I don't care. Do they beat the best navy on the planet, man? Yeah, great. That's awesome. Like, I understand. The only reason you'd put Cincinnati in there is to make fans of little teams, little schools, like, continue to watch. Like, oh, every year we have a chance. Remember the year Cincinnati snuck in and got beat by 80 points against Alabama? Like, you never know. Like, that's all this is. Here we go. They're going to extend the playoffs next year anyway, I think. So this is what they should do. The one that will make no one happy. I want it to be Alabama loses to Georgia. Georgia's out because everyone saw that Alabama would have beat them next time. So Alabama's in. Georgia's out. Uh, Ohio State's in because, I mean, they just beat Wisconsin and Michigan. They're on a tear. Oregon's out because Stanford sucks that bad. And Cincinnati's in because they're undefeated. They're the number one team in the country. And at number four, it's Notre Dame because Cincinnati's just that good. That would make no one happy except Brian Kelly, and it would be the funniest four-heel playoff structure. It's what I want. Give us what no one wants. 
Give us Matt Ryan. That that would be the Matt Ryan result. You're not wrong. That is, you know, NCAA likes to do things incorrectly constantly. We're giving you a very clear way to do that. Like we can't make it any more clear for you, NCAA. These are the four teams. Listen to Brian Kelly's got a point. Listen to him. He's got, I'm sure he's got a PowerPoint presentation to show you. I think my favorite thing is on the last week, if he thinks Cincinnati's not going to make it in, he's going to make the pitch that they should be in above Cincinnati because if they played twice, they'd have the number. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, Jake, your list was not as good as mine, but uh, just as controversial, I would say. It, it was your five top five of six teams of two <laughs> categories was good. Thank you. Yeah, very good. Um, I'm not sure what else you have that you want to talk about, but I think I should give this week's NBA updates. That's all I want to revisit is the majesty that you created with the NBA rankings. I I don't know why. I think this is the clearest, most logical thing I've ever created. I think it makes too much sense. As someone who made a website in a sports reporting franchise. If we're not getting better each day, Jake, then what are we waking up for? You know what I mean? And that's what the NBA should be doing. They should be getting better, and they should be listening to this show for ideas to get better, starting with who should be the NBA champion. And, Jake, we left off last show saying the Wizards beat the Grizzlies. The Wizards were the current champions. I said, no, Westbrook, no problem. Like, they could do anything. They could go on a run. And, Jake – First time ever, back-to-back weeks, (laughs) the Wizards are still the champions. They haven't lost yet. They have won four games in a row, proving to be the best of the best, currently ranked top in the East as well. They're going on a run. Uh, I think Bradley Beal didn't even play one of the games, maybe two of the games. Spencer Dinwiddie is there. Spencer Dinwiddie's fine, uh, enough to win games. Kyle Kuzma's there. Uh, They're just sort of the rejects, I think. uh, Montrez Harrell is also there. Like it's a team that shouldn't be winning, but what can you say? You can't argue with it, Jake. They are the NBA champions. Thought it out. I like the idea that at the end of the year, everyone's going to be surprised at how good of a season the Wizards had, but not us. Oh, we saw it. Like we picked it up second week of the season, Jake. They have four points, and the next closest, the Bucks with three. It's not even really that close, to be completely honest. It it sounds close, three versus four, but it's not. It's not. But the more competitive awards race, Jake, is the MVP. And, you know, I'm not going to say our show has gone fully mainstream, but the (laughs) NBA players are – like, it's clear that they're listening. They clearly know what was on the line – and we saw some drama heat up in the MVP race <laughs> this week, Jake. Uh, it was incredible. It I was will incredible. say this achieved what it needed to, which was made me care about NBA regular season because everything that happened with Jokic and Jimmy Butler was must-watch television. It's insane. We ended the week with Nikola Jokic as the champion. He went to play the Miami Heat. Uh, Jokic, I don't even know what exactly happened. Like, I don't even know what was said, but he cheap shot uh, one of the Morris twins. I think it was Markeith, but I could be wrong. Um, 
And then there's a scuffle that started. Uh, he ended up getting ejected. He ended up getting suspended for a game the next game. However, the Nuggets go to Miami to play pretty soon. The Jokic brothers have a Twitter account. They attacked uh, the other Morris brother on Twitter saying that we're coming for you. They bought tickets to that game. They will be in attendance. And it sounds like they're coming for a legitimate, like, it sounds dangerous. I don't know. It's not going to be good. Um, The NBA probably should have suspended Jokic for that game, not the next game, which was meaningless. But I think the biggest news story, the biggest takeaway from that game, though, Jake, Jokic lost the MVP. It was Jimmy Butler, the one talking shit to him. Yeah. And I believe, I was reading his lips. I think he said, I'm the MVP motherfucker because he was listening to the show. He knew it was at, at stake. He scored 31 points, Jake, and he took the MVP. However, he lost it the game after. But he kept it in his team. Bam Adebayo won the MVP. He defended it, won it the game after that. So he has two points in the MVP race, Jake. However, that's not even comparable. Obviously, Jokic is still is still the leader with seven games, Jake, seven points. What a start for the MVP. And then last game, the Heat kept it in the team. However, Bam Adebayo turned it over to Tyler Hero. Yes, the hero we deserve, the hero we need. The hero is the MVP, proving the Heat were correct, not trading him for James Harden. Because James Harden, not a single point in the MVP race. <laughs> However, Tyler Hero, current NBA MVP. Pretty See, crazy. This huh? is the storylines you're not hearing anywhere else. The Heat are eating themselves alive from the inside. How long can they coexist? How long before they burst at the seams? The drama inside that locker room has to be crazy. The side eyes, the glares, insane. The one good thing they have going for them, I'm glad Jimmy Butler doesn't have a history of blowing up at his teammates or this might get really bad. That's a good point, Jake. Jimmy Butler, good teammate, friendly guy, good guy to be around. Just a fun guy. Really good with young guys in particular. Really good locker room leader. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just, you know what? You know what practice is for? Just go in there and have fun. Just play around. Like it doesn't matter. That's what Jimmy Butler says. Hey, want to buy some coffee? That's what he says because he's still selling coffee for some reason. That was weird. Remember that storyline in the bubble? What was that about? That was weird. Rachel Nichols went to go buy some coffee from his room. <laughs> then found out he was dribbling the basketball loudly. Put it on the poll. Has anyone ever been worse at their job than the security guard who thought Jimmy Butler was practicing dribbling with Rachel Nichols at 2 in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> I. You know, Jimmy Butler's a hard worker. Jake, but we just went over the championship race, the MVP race. Let me tell you something that you need to be looking forward to this week in the MVP races here. The Heat play the Wizards on Thursday and Saturday, which means, and this is unprecedented. We exactly we could align the MVP and the NBA champion together if the Wizards can keep it up by Thursday. I think there's two games possibly until then. They just need to get two more wins, which would be an insane streak, six or seven games. That means they would have won in a row. And we could see the MVP in the championship switch twice in back-to-back games there, Thursday and Saturday. So those are the games of the week to watch. It's going to be crazy. And then in terms of the playoffs, we remember last week, we put the 8-2 and 76ers in for the East. Congratulations. 
Embiid hasn't really played this week. I think he heard the news that they were in the playoffs, so he's been taking uh, you know, a break here, and rightfully so. Andre Drummond can hold it down. The Warriors, 7-1, uh, they also locked up a spot. I realize this is very hard to track because that would mean I need to keep track of every team's record, which, Jake, I did not do, and I am choosing not to do. So this is going to be more of a uh, less accurate uh <laughs> race but this is what we're going to do every two weeks we are going to look at the standings and find the best team in their last 10 games okay i think that's i think that's close enough i I think that's all the nba needs i'm glad that this logistical nightmare has come to fruition because that's what i was expecting it to be hey week two who could have foreseen this it's pretty (laughs) i will say at the beginning of the season we did storylines, like what storyline would make most sense for the championship. I feel very good about Warriors Nets. Yeah, I completely agree. War- Warriors, man, you hit that spot on, and they look really good. They look like that team that first like got together and won the championship. I yeah. think they're a move away from being really good. And then Nets, like in my mind, I don't know about you. In my mind, I feel like Kyrie Irving is going to get vaccinated or the rule in Brooklyn is going to be lifted like by the time the summer comes or something, and he's yeah. going to join the team and they're going to be good. That's Personally. what I think so too. They're not a team I want to mess around with. Plus, they're the definition of like, I don't care how many games they win. If they make it into the playoffs, Durant can beat you, you know, 1v, 1v5, man. And to that point, they just need to be really good for a 10-game stretch because if they're the best team in that 10-game stretch, as we found <laughs> out with the 76ers, there is an automatic bid to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And once we get down to it, once there's six, seven teams already in the playoffs, you know, you don't need to be the best team in that 10-game stretch. That's right. Like, take it, take some time off. Well, well, that like I'm just saying, like, if next week the 76ers were also the best team again in that 10-game stretch. That is just wasted energy because they can't make it in the playoffs twice. So then the second best team would make it in. So later in the year, there's a possibility the fifth best team in a conference or something will be uh, put into the playoffs. So that's the kind of stuff you're going to be excited to see for this NBA season. It's a long season, but it's an exciting one. Like I said, the champs, no one saw the Wizards coming. That's an exciting storyline. And then MVP, we've already seen fights break out. Uh, brothers from other company uh, countries threaten other brothers in the NBA on Twitter over the MVP. It's pretty, it's an exciting season, Jake, to put it lightly. And I'm glad we will be the go-to source in all of sports media for this information. Yeah, it needs, it needs to make its way. I can't wait until we make rules for baseball. Yeah. Honestly, if we can come up with something good, I am willing to give baseball a chance this year. I will give baseball a chance. We should make something good. Can I tell you one funny thing related to baseball, maybe to close the show? Sure. I know it's dangerous closing on baseball, but I think it's funny. Uh, Baseball has been listening to us, Zach, and they are desperately trying to make the game more watchable. The funny part is none of it's working, and it's hilarious. They've been trying – some rule changes. I actually mentioned them a while back in one of my minutes uh, recap that they're, uh, I think it's their Arizona league. One of their uh, 
pretty big minor leagues is trying out new rules that they want to see implemented as soon as next season. Uh, what's hilarious to me is they're just trying all of them at the same time and seeing if any of them work. So they're trying pre-sticky balls. So all the balls come with sticky stuff on them so that they can control like what substances are there because it would be the balls themselves already have them on there. Um, mm -hmm. They are implementing pitch counts for pitchers. So uh, they can only pitch so many uh, times in the game. That's both to protect like pitcher arms, but also to like kind of like encourage people to switch out pitchers also to just make things more interesting possibly and to like reward like throwing strikes and at the same time have also implemented an automatic strike zone. So there's uh yeah. So there are cameras that indicate the strike zone and it's, uh, like basically the ump is getting a signal in his ear that tells him strike or ball and he just communicates it. And that's all he does. So it's the same box that people see on their TV screens, but it's just instead of us seeing it obviously being a strike and the ump missing it, it's telling him what it was and the ump just communicates it. There should be like cannons or something that fire if it's a strike. Or like something, something visual that I can see. Fire Red lights and green something. lights in the background. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. That gives me a little flash, flashbacks to Squid Game that I don't necessarily want, but that would be okay. Yeah. Uh, good news. The sticky substance ball has been a huge hit. That has gone over super well. That is almost a certainly going to be taken into consideration for next year because um, it's a fair way to do it. Uh, and it's like helping pitchers get a grip with well controlling like what they put on it. How do you think – the other two rules went. What's the funniest outcome? Of, so it would be the pitch count and the rest. The automatic or, strike I'm gonna, zone. I'm going to guess the automatic strike zone has a ton of glitches and it's not even close. That would be my guess. Close. Uh, both teams ran out of pitchers because <laughs> they threw so many balls because of the automatic strike zone that both teams ran through all of their pitchers in the game because the strike zone was that ruthless, which shows you could take it either way. It, it shows that like umpires won reward like closeness. It shows just how off like umpires are. Like you could go the ruthless route and be like, you just need to throw more strikes Two, as someone I saw in an article point out, it's a developmental league and they're just roasting True. dudes for not finding the strike zone. Which is hilarious. But yeah, right out of the gates, funny outcome. Game had to be called off because in like the seventh inning, like they weren't even close to the end of it. They had two innings left and everyone was out of pitchers. Did they just call it a no contest or did they break their own rule? Uh, I believe because it was that time of the, of the game, whoever was winning won that game at that point. I like that. I think adopt that for Major League Baseball. If we can get out of there in the seventh inning, I think that's a win for everybody involved, personally. Yeah, I I kind of like the idea that if you could teach them that growing up, that it's like, okay, maybe that will reward like better pitching and throwing strikes. I think, I think do that and have it limited. And then I don't think we should just call the game. I think you bring in your fucking first baseman to pitch and watch that disaster ensue. <laughs> That's right. That's bring him around. 
I like yeah. that. I think they need to stick with the automatic strikes out because that's infuriating. That like, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if the refs who decided if a field goal was made or not were very far away. Imagine if they were on the other end of the stadium and we could all see it clearly. And they yeah. went, ah, from my, they're on like the side of the field goal post. And they're <laughs> like, fine. I think it went in. And we're like, it went left. What are you talking about? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Sure, that's a little fun, but it's like, it's not fair. Like, everyone always argues, like, ah. And, like, that's the point that they made. They did statistics this year, which I do think is funny, of refs. And they called, like, 93% of pitches correctly, which is very, very high. But it's just like, yeah, which is like, why not just get them all right? But – I just found it funny that it's like, let's try this new rule. What could go wrong? Oh, shit. We're out of pitchers. I wonder, 93 of pitches, percent of pitches, that might not be high when you think about if you take away, like, the obvious balls or something. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. like, the percentage of strikes or something. That could, like, legitimately be down in, like, the 70s at that point, considering how many are thrown. Like, called strikes or something like that. That could be right, but it, on the other hand, it doesn't take into account, which I know is still missing it, but it doesn't take into account what no one would complain about, which is consistent balls as strikes. Like, no one complains about an umpire whose strike zone is consistently wide, as long as it's fair. So you would have to take that stuff into consideration, too. But let's end it on this, Zach, because I, I want to end on this question, which is I'm stealing something from college football because college football has gone away with this from the playoff. I want a return, not necessarily in college football, but in a different sport. So I want you to tell me how we can make this work in the NFL. I want locations to matter in the playoffs. I want like the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl and the Con Bowl. But it's because what I miss is like the idea that like the winner of this division always played the winner of this one. Like I like that concept of, to be honest, I want that to happen when they go to eight teams. I want them to figure it out so no matter how good they are, like the American Conference always plays the SEC. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. Like, just have the two division winners or something. Yeah, and it's like, don't worry about seeding. Like, just takes into consideration that, like, through the sands of time, the NFC North and the NFC South will wane and dip, and eventually they'll even out. For a while, right. it will give us, like, if you did AFC West versus AFC South, it would give you some very funny matchups. But in the meantime, it would all even out, you know, eventually. Yeah, that's easier said for professional sports than college, obviously. Yes. But yeah, for NFL, I mean, that always that would make sense. Just do like NFC North always plays the NFC West or something. And yeah, I think that makes sense. Where would they know. play? That's the big question. That's what I want you to decide. There's a North Bowl. There's one for each of them. Because let's say eight teams make it and, like, the winner of the division hosts, like, the second place of another one. Let's let's just go this route. Uh, and so it's like the NFC North champion always plays the second place team of the NFC South. And it's mm-hmm. in the North Bowl. Where are we hosting things? I need four locations for, okay. each, for each conference. I need eight locations. It's a simple game, Zach. <laughs> I need eight locations. <laughs> okay let's first preface this where i don't think any of the locations should be nfl stadiums 
Oh, smart. Because, because I don't want anyone playing in their home stadium. That's unfair. Except for Lampo. Yeah, well, yeah. Packers always play in Lampo. <laughs> um, North Bowl. Part of me thought maybe NDSU because they got like an NFL size stadium and it's that's cool. Open, but also no one wants to make the trek to North Dakota <laughs> to go see the North Bowl. However, hey, what are you gonna do? I also I just don't want the North Bowl to be inside because obviously, yeah, correct. Like you could you could work it out where uh, Colts would never play there, and then you just play it at Lucas Oil or something. You know, like that yeah. makes sense. But that makes too much sense, Jake. So I think. What do you think of Wrigley? Um, I like the idea of like old stadiums like that. I think like Soldier Field would be fine once the Bears move out out of Chicago, which is that's a cool idea. I like that a lot. Keep the retired stadiums as like a. That's cool. Never, we'll never go to St. Louis though. (laughs) (laughs) Screw them; they don't deserve it. That's Um, true. We need to get back for like the Western one. We need to get back into that stud stub hub soccer stadium that the chargers were playing at. Let's get back in there. Why I was thinking for the West that they go to Boise States field. Everyone mm-hmm. plays on the bright blue. I like it. I'm in favor of it. Everyone uh, travels to Idaho. <laughs> why don't we just play every game in Idaho? We could each pick a stadium. <laughs> 12 teams trapped in Idaho. One team leaves. <laughs> Only one will survive. All they can eat is potatoes. <laughs> um, what are other notable ones? Obviously, we can play like the old uh, San Diego Stadium. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, um, Southern. Let's go to Mexico. The one that like had fires and stuff. Let's go. Oh, there. that's cool. <laughs> that's City. nice. That- you could go back to Oakland. Oakland? It seems dangerous, but we could. Uh, it always seems dangerous to go to Oakland. Um, Alabama. Let's go there. For the West like Bowl? Football. No, that would be like the South Bowl. I'm jumping around, Jake. You okay. told me to pick eight, and my mind can't focus on eight things at once, so we're jumping around. That's right. Okay, Alabama's a good one. I like that a yeah. lot. Speaking of jump around, let's throw Camp Randall in there. I like Camp Randall. Good stadium. Mind That's that. a good one. Um, in the East, I want it like – I want us to build a football field in the reflection pool, like in D.C. <laughs> yeah. Why I, want, I want Lincoln overlooking our nation's pastime. I mean, that's what Washington should do anyways. Once Bezos buys, a, buys the uh, – Washington football team and turns them into the Washington prime. Uh, might as well. Let's put up a second Washington monument and just put a little barrier and we can kick field goals there. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, oh man. Yeah. I think there's some good ones. The old is wait, no, they tore down the old Georgia dump. That'd be hard to play there. Um, it would. um, Yankee Stadium or something. You can play football there, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a cool one. Um, oh, they got to play some shit in Ohio, the Field of Dreams. I want them to play it in the cornfield. In January. 
<laughs> bring it on bring it on my dad will plow in the background with an international harvester tractor oh yes play that song on a loop while he does it what a day that'd be great uh, craig morgan gotta love him uh why can't i think of anything for like florida that would be good because i feel like florida should have something but i can't think of anything good down there. disney world Ugh, we could you, your next game is inside the Epcot ball. Good luck. Well, in between downs, you got to play the Buzz Lightyear game. Try to shoot as many targets as you can. Yeah, but the hard part is, like, I feel like we're on to something with, like, the old nostalgic stuff, but a lot of that stuff's been torn down. Like, the Orange don't, orange Bowl's not there, you know? Yeah. We don't need our history, as it should be. New they could play in Jacksonville over you. You don't have to worry about them in the playoffs. Burn. London. Let's go to London every year. Oh, my God. I'm so over the London games. They don't appreciate our football. Let's go to London and let's go to Toronto. Yeah, let's go to Canada. We'll play on the CFL uh, field so they're shorter, too. (laughs) It's the same type of thing when the UFC fights in Las Vegas because it's a smaller ring. It's the same, same rules apply. Smaller field. Everyone's faster. Why not? It'll be good. No one could cover Tyreek Hill. <laughs> he looks so much faster here. For some yeah. reason, the yard lines are a half a half a foot shorter. <laughs> All right, Tech. Anything else for the people? I want to say, when we said last week that the Chiefs ended their game looking like an after credit scene of a Marvel movie, and I said Patrick Mahomes is back. I don't know his stats, but I know the Chiefs have 41 points and they look fucking back. So uh, I think we called that. You're welcome. Chiefs are Two back. bits and- from last week have been proven true. One, the Chiefs were Thanos at the end of the movie. Two, no one's gotten the memo that the Raiders aren't the bad guys anymore. <laughs> yeah, people, that's right. Take that, Gruden. Everyone's saying that at home right now. Yeah, the Chiefs are like, we did it, everyone. We vanquished the bad guy Raiders. And we're all like, for the love of God, let him win. <laughs> Give him a break. They've had enough. Leave Derek Carr alone. <sighs> too good of a person. We need to start a petition to get him out of Vegas. Get him into De- Detroit, dude. <sighs> Here's the thing. I don't think Derek Carr is a bad quarterback, but I want the best for Dan Campbell. And I don't think that's Derek Carr. It's David Carr. <laughs> yes, you are correct. Yep. We need the better car back. All right. And me on something not sports related. What's something people should watch or listen to this week? Jake, you're going to be excited about this one. I know. I can tell. There's a show that started their new season, two episodes in. I think the third episode's tomorrow. Oh, I let's say, go. I got to say, Jake, the boys are back on Oak Island, and they're closing (laughs) in on some treasure. And I'm so excited. They are, Jake, Rick said this is the most optimistic he's ever been, and that makes me the most optimistic I've ever been. They are closing on, on some treasure. They did some water samples in some holes, Jake, and a couple of them, they found us trace samples of gold that were significant and silver. So now they need to get to the bottom of the holes and figure out, hey, what's that that gold and silver coming from? And they're going to figure it out. This is the year. 
you liking yeah. that show is like your most approachable trait. Like I think you liking that show is like when you find out a kid still believes in Santa Claus. Spoilers. I <laughs> didn't know what to do there. Uh, to hide the kids. Uh, but <laughs> like it's like, oh, he thinks Oak Island's going to turn up some treasure. Hey, why why not this year, Jake? Why not this year? Why not us? I feel a part of the search party and we're going to find something. I think there's I think there's no doubt there was something hidden on Oak Island. I think there's a lot of doubt that that was already removed. But <laughs> maybe maybe not. We don't know. Got to watch to find out. Tune in. That's what I'm saying. They also had a side series called Beyond Oak Island that I watched where they basically teased all of these other adventures and like hidden treasure, but then they never look for it. Which was <laughs> the worst fucking show I've ever seen in my life. It was like, <laughs> there, there could be, hey, they say that there might be some gold at the bottom of this lake. No one's ever found it. Next episode, uh, let's, let's see where else there could be gold. Oh, there's Civil War gold in the bottom of Lake Michigan. Should we look? Nah, we got we got Oak Island to figure out. Let's figure out Oak Island first, one step at a time. I'm I, I don't know. I'm into it. I'm into it, Jake. That's also, true. Animaniacs is back, which is just as real as Oak Island, probably, but slightly. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like Animaniacs. <sighs> Lot to watch. Otherwise. Speaking of hidden treasures, this has been the Flurry Sports Podcast with your boys. Uh, tune in next week. Spread the word. Uh, tell, why don't you tell us who you think is going to win the MVP race? Interact with us a little bit. Tell us what you want more of. Buster Trust? How much did Buster, you love it? Buster Trust the Washington Wizards because right now they're going on a run that we have never seen in the NBA championship. Let us know if you want us, if you hate if you want the Flurry Sports Podcast to operate as its own sports sports book, the Flurry Sports Podcast sports book, we'll start taking money on bets for the MVP and the NBA championship. Oh my and god, that's will... our final form. I didn't realize that till right now, but that is that's where we're headed, isn't it? Maybe I don't know. If so, if people are into it, why not? I'll go wherever the money is, Jake. And remember, remember, everyone. If people ask you to pick your favorite. Just group them all together. That's what we've learned today. Mm -hmm. See you next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.